Our readings from tonight have been taking us through these final hours of Jesus' life. And if you weren't with us last night, Father Chad spoke to the incredible love displayed by Christ as he washed his disciples' feet, including the feet of Judas Iscariot, the one who's going to betray him. And while he was doing this, he was also carrying the weight of knowing what these next 24 hours would entail. After this, he went to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, and as the Gospel of Luke tells us, the anguish was so great that the sweat fell from his head like drops of blood hitting the ground. And it's from this place that we pick up the story that we've been walking through tonight. The man Jesus has already been carrying this agonizing anticipation of this day, um, just as any of us would if we had such foreknowledge. And for a very long time, he has already been holding this. This inner weight is now met by these outward brutalities that we're now recounting, the betrayals, the beatings, the blasphemies that took place on his way to the cross. But amidst all the moving pieces of this story, I want us to become present with Jesus' final moments. And by moments, I truly mean moments, the final minute, if not seconds, of his life. John 19, 28 to 30 reads, After this, Jesus, knowing all that was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. John tells us that upon the scriptures being fulfilled and everything else being finished, in this moment, Jesus bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The Greek word used for spirit in this verse is pneuma, which can also be translated breath or wind. In all the other gospel accounts, if they don't use the word pneuma, they use um, another word, ekneo. But both these words have their root um, in the word neo, meaning breath. In reflecting on this final moment of Jesus the man having breath, I found myself being drawn back to the beginning of human breath. Genesis 2 depicts this culminating moment of humanity coming into existence, the establishment of humankind's relationship with God, as God forming man from dust and then breathing into his nostrils the breath of life. In this, man became a living creature. The beginning of humanity's existed existence and their relation, our relationship with God took place in this giving of God's breath or of his spirit to us as created beings. Now, if we jump forward in God's story and turn back to the Gospel of John, you might remember how John opens his Gospel account. He writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. John soon lets us in on the secret that this word that he's talking about is Jesus. And in doing so, he anchors Jesus' existence within eternity and his presence in the beginning of the world, the beginning of us. Jesus was there when God gave humanity its first breath. Now, in the past 24 hours of this story, not to mention for a millennia before, mankind has used this breath to betray, beat, and blasphemy 
the one who gave them breath in the first place. And this is something we ourselves are not exempt from today. But we've come now to the point in the story where the one who not only gave breath, but took on breath in human form, is about to give it up. I think it's important to notice that all the gospel accounts depict this moment as a yielding, a committing, a giving up. The use of language here suggests that uh, it was within Jesus' power to not, uh, to not go through with this. Yet he willingly entered into the cruel effects of the fall and joins humanity in the terrifying experience and reality of losing one's breath, one's spirit, and one's life. At the same time, if we press into the spiritual dynamic of breath, um, we see that Jesus, someone who is both fully God and fully human, is about to give up his spirit. The one that has never existed without the fullness of God's breath and spirit within him is about to experience a separation unlike anything he's ever known. So why did he do this? I think it's because he wanted the restoration of that intended relationship with us so badly. In an ultimate sense, he wanted us to never lose the breath or spirit that he'd given us at the beginning and intended us to have. Yet amidst the hope of a new reality that may come forth from this act of sacrificial love, the weight and the pain of this moment are not void from Jesus' experience. The Gospels of Matthew and Mark record Jesus crying out the familiar words of Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'd encourage you to go home tonight and read Psalm 22, especially those first 18 verses to just get a fuller picture of what it was that Jesus was experiencing and expressing in these final moments of being on the cross. Lastly, I want to draw our attention to Mark's account of Jesus' final breath. He says, Then Jesus gave a, a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now when the centurion who stood facing him saw that this was the way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the son of God. Something happened when Jesus took his final breath, something profoundly terrifying and painful, impossible and everlasting. It was not just a mere moment of letting go, but one of eternal consequence, a giving up of breath so mysteriously significant that a Roman centurion who's watched hundreds of crucifix could only respond by saying, truly this man was the son of God. 